The following is from East Delta Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at www.eastdeltabc.com. Hopefully you know, husbands and boyfriends, that today's Valentine's Day. If you're just finding out, that's okay. You ain't waited too long. Uh, but uh, this morning we've been talking about love, and I thought love would be a good theme for us to talk about today on Valentine's Day. If you would, and you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 15, and that's where we're going to be this morning, John uh, chapter 15. And uh, I asked Denise what she wanted for Valentine's this week, and she said nothing. Uh, so I guess we're going to find out today if she was lying or not. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, We'll see. Uh, I wonder how many of you uh, remember the story about the origin of Valentine's Day. Maybe, uh, maybe it's a legend. Uh, maybe there's, uh, there's some truth mixed with some legend. You know, there's, uh, there's different ideals you can study and find that uh, the, the person, St. Valentine, and that's what it's called, St. Valentine's Day, uh, was a priest, uh, but there were three or four St. Valentines, and all three or four of them were uh, martyrs uh, back after Christ died. And we're going to look at that in just a moment. So before we get there and before I get calls or, or letters from somebody saying, well, you told this story and it wasn't altogether true, let me give you some ideas about Valentine's Day. Uh, the one I'm going to talk about in just a moment is about St. Valentine, but also uh, it's a Roman celebration, and this was back in uh, around 250 years after uh, Jesus had died, and uh, the, the Roman Catholic had a, had a feast of Lupercilla, and uh, it was a pagan festival of love. And this feast they had a... A uh, group would come together, and all the uh, l- the young ladies' names would be placed in a in a box, and uh, the men there would draw a name out of the box, and that would be their date for the night. And uh, the festival of love. Well, around 496 A.D., the the uh, the uh, Roman Catholic Church stopped that, uh, said we're not going to do that anymore. And on that day, they declared February the 14th as St. Valentine's Day. The reason being, uh, St. Valentine was executed on February the 14th. Now, the other part of the story, so, so we really don't know if, they, if Valentine's came from that uh, pagan holiday of, of Rome. I would say probably like many of our holidays, which is uh, some things around the Resurrection Sunday we call Easter, some things around Halloween uh, are some some things that began in the Christian church and pagan holidays, and they kind of got mixed together. I think that's probably the truth uh, on Valentine's Day. But approximately 250 years after Jesus was born, there was a priest. His name was Valentine, and uh, he lived in Rome during the reign of Emperor Claudius. And uh, Claudius was committed to rebuilding the once great Roman Empire back, and uh, he wanted to build a great army. But he believed it was important for men to volunteer for the armed forces. This was, this was Claudius. And uh, rather than drafting men against their will, he wanted them to volunteer. He thought they would be better, better fighters. 
But given a choice, most of the young men in the Roman Empire refused to serve. They'd rather stay home, he felt like, with their wives, with their children, uh, with their girlfriends, and to go off to battle. So Claudius, since he believed that, uh, he, he wanted to have only single men in the Roman Empire. And uh, so he issued a royal edict that banned all further marriages in the Roman Empire. When he did that, he actually outlawed weddings, and uh, the Roman uh, emperor himself, he was known as one of the, the uh, evil, uh, evil emperors during that time, and he became known after this as Claudius the Cruel. Now, Valentine thought it was ridiculous. He was a priest, and he thought that was ridiculous, so one of his favorite priestly duties was to marry people. So after the emperor Claudius had passed the law, Valentine kept secretly performing marriage ceremonies. He would bring couples in, he would whisper the words of the ceremony, and all the time listening for soldiers to come, and uh, one night, Valentine, he heard footsteps of soldiers coming. He was performing a marriage ceremony. He helped the couple escape, but he was caught. And, and parts of this is true, and I mean parts of it's legend, so you don't have to decipher what's true and what's not. He was put to death. He was thrown in jail. He was sentenced to death. Uh, but through that time when he was in prison, Valentine, he tried to stay cheerful. And... Many of the young couples that he had married came to the jail. They would throw flowers. They would throw cards and notes up to his window there as he was in prison. They wanted him to know that they believed in love also, and they wanted to support him. One day he received a visit from the daughter of one of the prison guards, and uh, this daughter, uh, her father allowed her to come and visit with him in his cell, so uh, that became a habit for her. He often came to, she often came to his cell, and she said, and they talked for hours, and she told him she believed that he did the right thing by ignoring the emperor's uh, commands and still performing these wedding ceremonies. On the day it was time for Valentine to die, it was the day of his execution. I've already mentioned this. It was February the 14th. 269 A.D., the day that he was to die, he wrote a letter to this visitor, and he signed it with love from your Valentine. <laughs> and uh, that, that cust- or that, the custom of sharing love notes on Valentine's Day was said to have started there uh, from, from the uh, St. Valentine's and from the visitor that he had had many, many times, and uh, he signed the card with love from your Valentine. So, uh, you know, whether all of that's true, whether part of it's true, uh, some of it is definitely true, uh, it kind of gives you an idea of where Valentines came from. And there was, like I say, three or four St. Valentines, they were all martyrs, but just to think about this day and think about kind of what it represents, and it represents love, and uh, of course, like any holiday, they, and I, I don't even refer to it as a holiday, I heard that on the radio, the holiday, Valentine's holiday. Well, did anybody get off <laughs> for Valentine's? Did any of the schools get off for Friday for any, you know, no Valentine's? So I don't know why it's a holiday other than... Uh, the people that sell cards want to make it a holiday where they can sell more cards, you know, or flowers or whatever, and there's, that's okay. We're not going to even talk about that. 
But, but I want you to know this, and I want you to think about if this is a true statement. Everyone loves love. Nearly everybody. They love love. I mean, most people want to be loved, and most people want to give love. The problem is uh, our love is lacking sometimes, kind of like we're lacking. Often our love is conditional. And I want you just to think this morning about how you love the one closest to you. And I don't want you to answer this, but I want you just to think about, do you love them unconditionally? Now, this is hard, okay? Regardless of their mood, regardless of their actions, regardless of their appearance, regardless of their attitude, do you love them unconditionally? I think if we really dig down, we would say, yes. Amen? (laughs) Curtis, you are the only one, and your wife's not even in here right now. (laughs) I think probably we really do love our, our loved ones that much. But so often we display our love by conditions. If somebody's in a bad mood, if somebody... Uh, they're, say they've done something, their appearance, uh, our love falls a little bit short. And I want us to think about that. And, and what I kind of titled this out this morning, uh, there's, a, there's a radio program called uh, Love Worth Giving. And uh, Adrian Rogers leads that. He's, he's gone on to be with the Lord. But this morning I want to think about a love worth living. And in John chapter 15, I think we see uh, that... that that understanding of a love that's worth living. I think sometimes we're confused when it comes to love. And, and I heard about a little girl that told her teacher uh, who asked, what is love? And she said, love is when a girl pers- puts on perfume and a boy puts on shaving cologne and they go around smelling of each other. <laughs> uh, she's a little confused, but, you know, sometimes we're confused about love and what love really is today. So my question for you today is, how do we develop and, and nurture a love that's worth living? And a great setting on Valentine's Day, but not just today on Valentine's Day, but every day. How do we, how do we nurture and how do we grow that kind of love? And I believe the answer is found right here in John chapter 15 and God's Word. And we're going to go down to verse 9 to be exact. And let's, let's read what Jesus had to say about love. John chapter 15, we're going to start in verse 9. Now, you could start in 1, but we're going to start in verse 9, and we're going to read down through verse 17. And Jesus says this, As the Father has loved me, I've loved you. So he's talking to his disciples, those gathered around. He said, God the Father has loved me this way, and I've loved you in the same way. Now, remaining my love. And if you obey my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commandments, and if I have remained in His love. And I've told you these things. Why did Jesus tell us these things? That our joy would be complete. That His joy would be in us, and that our joy would be full, or be completed. If we wonder in our relationships, do we have joy, or we experience joy in our life, or we experience joy in our jobs... Are we loving as Christ loves? Because there's a promise right here that says, Hey, I've told you this. I've shown you these things that my love may be in you and that your joy would be completed in my love. Verse 12, My commandment is this, Love each other just as I have loved you. 
And greater love has no one than this, that he would lay down his life for his friends. And you're my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends for everything that I've learned from the Father I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I, choose, I chose you and I appointed you to go then and to bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father, who will give whatever you ask in my name, let me read that again, then the Father will give whatever you ask in my name, and this is my commandment. What is it? Love each other. Love one another. This is, this is a commandment. We, we, we used to sing a chorus here, this is my commandment, that you love one another, that your joy may be full. So this morning, as we think about love, as we think about cultivating this love, and Jesus had a lot to say about love, this passage of Scripture is no exception. Matter of fact, during the course of His last evening with His disciples, which began in John 13 and goes all the way through John 17, Jesus uses the, the word love 30 times in 18 different verses. So Jesus is getting ready to leave His disciples 18 different verses, 30 different times, he talks about loving one another. He talks about loving as he loved. So evidently it was pretty important to Jesus that he taught us and that we understood how much we're to love that that love worth living and that love worth giving to others. And it all begins with the first step of this, and it's for us to accept his love. Now, you may be here this morning and you may say, well, I'm a Christian. Uh, I'm going to tune out. I'm going to drop out for this point number one. But don't do that because I want you to really think about this. I want you to ask yourself this question. Have I accepted Christ's love? Have I really accepted Christ's love? Jesus knew that it was time for him to leave the world. He knew that uh, when he left, his disciples were going to be there without him. and, And he wanted to spend time with them, show them the extent of his love. He wanted them to understand the, the depth of His love. And He said this, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me and live within my love. He told them, He said, I love you. You know that God loves you today? Do you realize that? That, that God loves you It's not somebody else that we look around and see, well, God loves that person and this person, but but God really doesn't know me. No, God, God loves you just like you are. He loves you. He loved you so much that He gave His only Son to die for your sins. That's how much God loves you. And we need to accept that, and we need to understand that, oh, if we're not living right, God doesn't want to leave us the way we are. But you remember the kind of love we talked about a while ago, that love that's unconditional? God loves you with an unconditional love. Regardless of where you are spiritually right now, God loves you. And we need to accept that. We need to to understand that. I heard a preacher one time say, everything I needed to know about theology, I learned from this one song. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. You know the origin of that song? The origin of that song is it first appeared in the form of a, of a poem in a children's novel written by Anna Warner in 1859. And one of the characters in the story is comforting a dying child 
with these words, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And a few years later, William Bradbury stumbled across this, this little poem in this, in this children's book, and he wrote a tune to it, he added a chorus. Within months, that little old poem out of a children's book spread across North America like a wildfire. Because the, the simple poem, the simple truth that's well known, I would think probably nearly everybody here knows that song, and probably everybody here could sing it. We might be a little rusty. I sang it this morning to make sure I could. I'm not going to sing it right now. But, but I, I did get through it all and remembered all the words. Jeremy, you might have heard me in there singing, Jesus loves me. Uh, but, but I thought, I, I remember that song. So that, that, I think the reason that song spreads so fast and why so many people know it and so many people have heard it is it's a simple song of universal truth, that Jesus loves me. And Jesus loves each one of us. The, the most simple, significant, prof- profound Truth known to humanity is that Jesus loves me. Whether you've been to seminary, whether you've got a master's degree, whether you've got a doctor's degree, whether you've had years of Bible study, you've, you've dug deep into God's words and you have this great understanding of these certain mysteries, there's nothing more significant than knowing and understanding that Jesus loves you, that God loves you. And I hope this morning that as you begin to really think about and concentrate on that truth, that you'll accept that love. That you'll really say, God, okay, I I want you just to love me. I want you just to to love upon me, God. Do we ever say that to God? God, I I just want your love to be poured out upon me. Because, after all, your love never fails. It, It never gives up. It never runs out on me. And we need to accept that love. Listen to what Jesus said as he's explaining the way that we love. He says, I am the vine and you're the branches. This is John fifteen five. I don't think I put it on the, the screen, but I'm the vine, you're the branches. Those who remain in me, I and I in them, they'll produce much fruit. For apart, for apart from me, you can do nothing. And what Jesus is saying, in other words, as we draw closer to Christ, as we draw closer to Him, as we stay connected to Him, He funnels His love through us. Well, this morning, as I ask you these questions, do we love unconditionally, regardless of of what's taking place, our attitudes, what's being said? And and for most of us, I'd say we, we probably don't always do that. How do we get to that point? It's right here. If we remain in Christ... He channels His love through us. So through that channeling of His love through us, we can love others. If you say this morning, I just, I can't love those people. I'm not saying any group of people. I'm just saying those people. Whoever those people are. Maybe they're family members. Maybe they're friends. Maybe there's people that, that you see on TV. I just can't love those people. Why can't you? And I'll tell you why. Because... We're not remaining in Christ because He tells us that He's going to channel His love through us. There's greater love than no one would have than to lay down His life for our friends. You know what? Jesus died for every person. I heard a guy say one time, you'll never lock eyes with anyone that Jesus didn't die for. 
We used to have that kind of love. So, so we need to accept His love. That's the first thing. The second thing we need to do as we as we draw close to Him, as we allow Him to pour His love into our hearts, as we allow Him to channel His love through us, remember the vine and the branches. I'm not just making that up, that, that channeling in His love through us. He's the vine, we're the branches. We accept that love. Well, what do we do next? This is this elementary. Do you remember when you, if you're married or you've been married, do you remember when you first saw your bride or your husband? And they, they begin to love you. What did you do? Well, some of you ran. And, and, but, but what did some of the rest of you do? You returned that love, didn't you? You didn't just keep your arms crossed and keep looking for something better. I mean, if you did, you, you, you wouldn't have never got married. So at some point, you returned that love. When we understand that Christ loves us, and when we accept that fact that Christ loves us, we need to return our love to Him. And Jesus said that uh, in, in Jesus' day, the, the, the teachers or rabbis, their followers were known as servants. So if you had a teacher in the temple and he had four or five followers, they were called his servants. And, and they went with him where he went and they took care of his business and his little chores and they, they were his followers, but they were his servants. The passage that we just read in verse 14 and 15 it says this, and this is a little bit different translation. You are my friends. If you do what I command, I no longer call you servants. Because a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I call you friends because I have made known to you everything that my father has told me. So what's Jesus telling us? He's saying, I love you. I, disciples, I love you. Folks, at East Delta Baptist Church today, I love you. And, and as we accept that love, I've told you everything my Father has told me. I've taught you everything my Father has taught me. And, and I want you to return that love. I want to experience that love. It's one thing to say that Jesus loves me. It's a whole other thing that says I love Jesus. We could sing Jesus loves me all day long without ever coming to that point of saying, you know what? I love Jesus. Can you say that this morning? Can you say within your heart, you know what? I love Jesus. I, I love God the Father. I mean, for us sometimes, I think we miss out on that. I thought about that old guy that uh, he and his wife were having trouble, you know, and they went to a marriage counselor, and old Bubba was sitting there, and, uh, and the, the guy was just talking to Bubba, and, you know, he just never told his wife he loved her. And, uh, he, he, the, you know, he said, well, I told her when I married her. If it ever changes, I'll tell her again. You know, I'll tell her it's not again. And, and the, finally, the counselor just, just picked up his wife and just grabbed her and just laid her over and just planted a big old kiss on her and squeezed her real hard and said, okay, she needs that twice a week. And he said, well... I can bring her on Tuesdays and Thursdays, but I work the other days. <laughs> you know what? Sometimes we just forget to return the love. I mean, God blesses us. He walks with us. He directs us. He shows us the way we should go. But we just fail to return the love. We, we just get and we receive and we ask and we request and, and we fail to return the love. You know, when we sing together on Sundays... 
When we pray together on Sundays, when we sit together and hear God's words on Sunday, you know what we're doing? We're returning some love. We're, we're telling Christ what He means to us. Love the Lord your God, Mark 12, 30 says, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. That's how we're to love God. That's how we're to return that love to Yahweh, for Jesus, for the Holy Spirit. That needs to be our driving force in our lives. When we make decisions, when we decide, I'm going to go, go here on vacation, or I'm going to go do these things, or I'm going to repost something on the Internet, is that driven by our love for God? Oh, it's amazing to me. I don't even want to go there. Isn't it amazing? Y'all got Facebook. Somebody will tweet something about, boy, this beautiful love of God, and the next thing they'll tweet is some half-dressed woman go, hot mama. You know, something, I mean, where does that come from? I mean, like I say, we don't even want to go there this morning. Don't unfriend me, okay? <laughs> That's what I'm going to have. I'm going to go home and I don't have any more friends on the Internet, but... But anyway, do we, do we return that love? I mean, when we understand and we begin to, to, to share with others God's love, has this been manifested in our life? Has this been made known in our life? And really, if I was to ask you this morning, how would we? How do we return that love? How do we show God, we love, God that we love Him? <clears throat> When I first, my first wife, uh, I thought about her constantly. What are you laughing about? Since mom's not here. Uh, I thought about her constantly. Some of y'all are wondering, aren't you? <laughs> y'all know what her name was? Denise. Uh, some of you breathed a sigh of relief. Some of you said, ah, it's not funny. But... I want you to think about your love. I don't care if it's your first, your second, your third, but I want you to think about when you begin to build a love relationship with your spouse, what did you do? I mean, what did you do with that? For me, this may sound a little mushy, but that's all right. I was just 16 years old when we met. I thought about her constantly. She thought about me constantly. She's not here to say amen, but if she was here, she would just say amen. The reason I know that is back then we covered our textbooks with paper sacks. Do y'all remember doing that? You know, brown paper sacks, you, you made you a cover on it. And boy, on her books, there was hearts that said Jakey on there. There was, there was words that said Miss Denise Vaughn, you know. So I know she thought about me because she wrote it on everything. I've told you all about calling. Did you all ever do this? Just a few weeks ago, I told you about calling and saying, okay, bye, hang up. No, you hang up. No, you hang up. You know, just, we, just, we just had to be around each other. You know, when we were at work, whether we were pumping gas, we were at the grocery store, it was just always on your mind. You just, you just couldn't get that person off your mind. It, it, it was the reason was you loved that person. You thought about that person. You, you contemplated all the things and all the reasons you loved that person. And, and as that went on, what that means is you were abiding in each other's lives, doesn't it? I mean, everything you thought about when you were sitting and you kind of had some idle time, maybe while you were in the middle of your job you didn't, but when you had some idle time, you just think and 
Maybe back then we didn't have cell phones or anything like that, but you might think, you know what, I'm going to call. I just ought to call and just, just say hi. You know, I, I wanna, I, I just, I, I'm going to drop by and surprise her today. And, and all of those things was you were abiding in one another's love. Well, when it comes to Christ, and God says, love the Lord your God with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and abide in me, then He's saying, as you love me, you are, we ought to have Christ on our mind every now and then. In other words, as we're at work and we have opportunities and, and something good happens, we need to just thank the Lord for that. We need to be thinking about ways. How can I, how can I demonstrate God's love to other people? Now, I want, you to, I want you to really be honest, and I don't really want you to answer this out loud, but how many of you right now are thinking, you've gone way too far with this already? Man, I... That, <laughs> Well, you got to be crazy. I mean, I, I'm not going to keep God's love on my mind day and night, every hour of the day. What does Christ say? He says, I love you with an unending love. I love you enough that I died for you. If you will love me, if you will remain in me, I'm going to channel my love through you. And when we begin to understand that, and when we begin to accept God's love, we begin to return that love to other people. In others, when we see someone hurting, when we see someone that's had problems in different areas, all of a sudden that love that God has for us comes to our mind, and we say, you know what, I need to minister to that person. I need to reach out, and I need to love that person. And folks, as a church, that's what we need to be doing. We need to be loving one another. We need to be reciprocating God's love. We need to be accepting it. We need to be returning it to Him. And through that, we're going to begin to recycle that love. And that's my last point this morning. We need to recycle God's love. This is my commandment, verse 17, that you love one another. Once we've accepted that love, once we returned His love, we need to recycle that love. We need to be sharing that love with other people. And Jesus was very specific and, and, and told us how we should love one another. Listen to what he says. My commandment is this. This is verse 12. That you love others just like I loved you. That's his commandment for us. That we might love others just as he loved us. You know what? That commandment knocks down any walls. Anything that we might put a definition around our love. That commandment knocks them all down. Listen to what he says. This is my suggestion. He doesn't say that, does he? He said, okay, children, God, my children, we're part of God's family. I have a commandment for you. And this commandment is this, love each other just as I have loved you. Just a few hours before Jesus gave this command, he demonstrated it. You'll probably, most of you will be uh, familiar with this, but, but during this time of the year in Palestine, it was the rainy time of the year. We talked about this a few weeks ago. And Jesus has his uh, followers coming, and in Palestine, it's a real dusty place. And we've experienced this around here. That dust would just turn to a sludge. You been there? I mean, you just... You put on your shoes, you walk from your house to your car, and if you step off anything solid, it's just a sludge there. It's just a, an old, nasty mud. And I want you to just get this picture here. You know what's coming. 
So you have his disciples that have walked in the rainy season in that sludgy, muddy area of the streets, caked on mud. You ever looked at somebody's feet that's got caked on mud? Aren't they pretty? <laughs> you know, they, there were your toes bend. There's just cracks going every direction out of the mud. And, and all the way around the toenails, there's mud all caked around there. And, and all of those things, I mean, that's, that's what it looks like. Because the, the disciples, after all, they're probably wearing open-toed sandals. So, so they come into this room, and, and I'm sure as they come in, they all saw the towel in the basin sitting there, and they all decided that they would just pass over that. After all, there were no servants there, and, and so they went and sat. The thing that I find interesting is in John chapter 13, verse 4 and 5, it say, and if you're there in John, just turn back a, a, a page in your Bible, or two pages. It says this, Jesus rose up from the table. My translation, a little different, says Jesus got up from the meal. So in other words, Jesus is already there. He's already seated at the table. The disciples are coming in. He's kind of hosting this Last Supper, and they're coming in, and they're sitting, and they're gathering around the table, and they're arguing who's going to sit closer to Jesus, and they're having all these things Listen. Jesus got up. He rose from the table. He took off his outer garment. He tied a towel around his waist and he poured some water into the wash basin and he began to wash his disciples' feet and dry them with the towel that he had around his waist. Think about this. Jesus Christ, the the living God, the, the beginning and the end, the Alpha, the Omega, He's on His knees in Palestine, with these men gathered around, and he begins to wash their feet. He begins to demonstrate that love that he wants them to share. He begins to demonstrate that, you know what? Love's about giving to others. Love's not always about receiving. And folks, I think when we fail at love sometimes, we forget that fact of of our love is to be a giving love. And our love is to be to share with other people. So as Jesus is here, he begins to wash his feet. And Graham Lotz says this, looking back on that night, John must recall the tender tone of his voice and the loving look upon his face. The gentle gestures of grace. His piercing passion that was in his eyes. The princely posture of his person. And being awestruck that Jesus had expressed his love for his disciples to the utmost degree of which he was capable by serving them. That was Jesus' love. By, by serving his disciples, as we seek to grow in our capacity to love, if we want to have a love that's worth living, we need to continue to look at the heart of Jesus. And we need to learn to live and to love like he did.